You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Yes. Oh. It's 2022. It's hard. How, okay, wait. How many times have you had to write 22, 2022 out, like on a check or something? Not yet. So you haven't had the error of getting the wrong date written down. Correct. Yeah. It's weird. Do you, are you a believer? Like, are you superstitious with like odds and even years, or does this feel like it's going to be a good year because it's like a lot of twos or what have you oh no i don't have that doesn't matter to you Mm, not to say it doesn't matter but i don't even know its implications enough to make a judgment of whether it matters or not i got it i got it so yeah so you're just okay then then i'll then i'll rewind what's what's your what's your forecast for 2022 how do you think it's gonna go uh i hope it goes really really well um that's my hope i got a lot of things happening and cooking cooking. I I hope it's a very fruitful year but um, you just never know these days it's just you gotta you gotta be flexible I think that's kind of why I'm asking I I don't love the trend that our our society or our culture is following where it's like by 2021 you were trash or by 2022 like I hated you when you it's kind of like the same mentality of where people like i hate monday you've just deleted a whole day that you could find some joy in by saying Mm -hmm. you hate this day and by ascribing a whole attitude to one year you've just said that that year didn't wasn't worth it for you or or something i I feel like it's Mm -hmm. like a self-fulfilling prophecy in some ways does that make sense yeah totally so Where I, are you at? What's what's your what's your position? I similarly like I don't I have no idea. <laughs> um, do, what do you have any resolutions? Uh, yeah. So so the one promise I made to myself was that I was finally going to stop eating um, dairy and eggs in products. So oh. I was, so because I'm a vegetarian, I started my vegetarian journey uh, at 2021, January 1st, 2020. Um, Like no more meat. So I haven't had meat since then. I've had some fish. So like technically some meat. So I would like vacillate between vegan, pescatarian, and vegetarianism. So if you eat cheese, however, and if your main reason for not eating meat is ethical – it's you're you're contributing to the meat industry indirectly or directly by eating cheese. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's not, and not to mention like there's a lot of people who believe that you shouldn't be ingesting another mammal's milk and it's not good for you and that's why else are we like it's a lot of different circular like anyway there's a lot of thoughts about it and I love cheese so I was just like going ham for the last year knowing that I'm gonna eventually have to cut it out <laughs> and. Uh, Day one, day one, I had a dream that someone was like force feeding me steak. <laughs> and I've had, you know, meat dreams since going vegetarian, like often, often. And it's usually like 
chewing prosciutto like bubble gum and <laughs> taking a bite into a salami stick. Like I, I miss some real good dried meats, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the but the the. Well, cheese and and egg thing is not as difficult, but it I but now I have to actually really look at labels to make sure there isn't egg in the bread or or mm-hmm. there isn't da- like milk powder or something. Mm-hmm. Um, which for some reason this January first date really makes it, it. I really feel like I've turned a new like into a vegan right away. It was very. It's very interesting. It, it has worked for me twice now to make some, like. Big life changes. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You know, I used to do a thing called um, I, I, uh, My Life Without is what I called it. And every year I would give up something for the entire year. The entire year? Yeah. So it's basically like, think of like Lent. You're you're a raised Catholic or at least. I like, know what Lent is. Yeah. I know. I would give up, I would give up soda or something. Uh-huh. So it's that idea, but stretched out over the course of an entire year. Uh, and I did it for, I think I did it for like eight years. And I, you know, I think the first year was, was, was a response to like how I was living my life. And, and I was like, I was like, no French fries and no chocolate. Those are the Wait, two things. two things you gave up? That first year was no French fries, no chocolate. Wow. Eventually wow. it became kind of two things. It became like a food and then maybe a behavior. A habit. Something. Yeah, Totally. Um, I mean, I get, no you know, there was a year of, no chocolate. There, there was no gluten one year. There was no cheese one year. Um, Whoa. There, I can't, I can't remember. All, it was always kind of like, oh, what's this next year going to be, you know, as, as things would come. And, and, you know, eventually it kind of fell off. Uh, but part of the idea was like, you know, we live in a, in a society, especially in America, where it's just, you can have whatever you want whenever you want yes so just to have that sort of well there's something i can't have so i'm gonna i'm gonna say no to something and see what that's like about um limiting my possibilities um and i loved it it was really it was really great so i was debating bringing it back this year um partly due to a reaction of of uh uh my physical state of being Okay, um, sure. Um, but I've, I've so far have failed miserably. Oh, no. Miserably. Like, no. So I'm like, when do I get on the train here? So what I was going to give up this year was sugar. Um, Come on. Now, I did do that one year. Where it was like I gave up sugar across the board. So any, any sugar in any product, any added sugar in any product, you know, if something was like sweetened by fruit juice, that'd be fine. Sure. Um, Natural sweetener, dates, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it it was amazing. It was hard because you know, sugar's in a, in a lot of things. So you got to really do a lot of package reading. Uh, I think this year I'm not going to go like that hardcore. I think I'm going to have a mind towards no added sugar, but really it's more about sweets and probably in particular chocolate. Um, but I've been, <laughs> I've been having a hard time because we bought. So we have so much chocolate in the house that's like left over from the holidays. And I'm like, do I just wait till it's all gone and then I start? Because I'm having a, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a real hard time. You have right to throw now. it away. You have to throw it away. You I know, have but to but, throw it away. But it, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of stress to start the new year and totally. I, it still is my like release valve to get a bit of sweetness. So I, I need to start make, making that transfer. And once you like move to like having a piece of fruit or having a date, like you said, or something like that, it starts to shift the energy. So, so we'll see. Do I start right now? Do I make this commitment right now? I don't think you will. That's the thing. You I don't think, think you, I will? I don't think you can. What? You don't think I can do it? <laughs> no, I don't think you could. <laughs> well, that sounds like a challenge to me. <laughs> Stick around for more after the break. <laughs> Are you a geek? Do you like naming things? My name is Scott Rubin and I wrote the ultimate guide for geeks to name anything. Whether you're naming kids, your pets, your car, your Wi-Fi network, or your role-playing game characters. Naming Your Little Geek has almost 1,100 name entries and I tell you where the name came from, if it's a real name or if it's a fictional name, all of the characters who have had that name, and I reference over 4,400 characters from science fiction, fantasy, comic books, movies, TV shows, cartoons, you name it, it's all in there. And it ranges from normal sounding names like Scott or Jessica to really off the wall bizarre ones from all of our favorite fantasy and sci-fi properties. You can pick up a copy of Naming Your Little Geek at bubblesandthingssoaps.com and check out all the other cool items there. Some really neat soaps. Naming Your Little Geek is also sold everywhere books are sold online and you can even find it in some physical bookstores if you're a person who shops in physical stores these days. Uh, it took two seconds, but Nick is putting chocolate in his mouth right now. No. <laughs> actually, what I am about, you, you know what? Actually, it's, a, it's an Altoid. Uh, Doesn't have sugar. But it does, so maybe I shouldn't be having, I can't have Altoids? <gasps> you know what you should do? You should chew on a mint leaf. Oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think sugars are really hard thing to give up, so... It is, but back in my my life without days, though it was boom, I was in it. Oh, I just not, I just don't have the strength I once had. Well, yeah, uh, I think. Well, so like when you cut out fries and chocolate, let's say, was it because you overdid it? Or is like, yeah, is I would that eat- how you? You decided to not do that. It was something that I would eat excessively and that I knew that if I cut that out, it would have a dramatic effect on my my weight and my physical being and all sure. that stuff. Sure, um, And also just like just to learn the experience of like ordering a hamburger without fries. It's like, oh, I could still eat this and be full and enjoy it, you know. Um, you know. Yeah, I just, I just think back because I, I actually, it was when I, that was the year I first started dating my now wife and mm. having <laughs> she'd be like to that that she put up with me that she stayed with somebody like me who was like yes i'm giving up fries and <laughs> you know and somehow that didn't just make her run to the hills um, <laughs> i think i think that's the one flaw she saw that you have she's like everything else is great but this <laughs> this one weird thing he does <laughs> 
So, so we'll see. We'll see. Starting now, I'm going to accept the challenge. Starting now, no sugar. Wow. Um, My, I just got nervous for you. I'm nervous for myself. Uh, now, there is one caveat, and I, people used to make fun of me for this caveat, but I don't know if you had this in Lent, but it's always in, in my church, you know, in Lent, is that, like, you're giving it up to, uh, you know, to as a sort of fast, as a sort of mindfulness to, you know, contemplation and, you know, your relationship with God and all that stuff. Um, you're not giving it up to be an a-hole. So if you get invited to somebody's house and they serve you something, oh, you don't sure. say no. Oh, no, I'm not eating that. You say, oh, thank you. And you, you eat it. So, so there are like those types of like maybe caveats that I might give myself where it's like, oh, if it's like a special occasion, like if it's, if it's, you know, my wife's birthday or my daughter's birthday, maybe I'll have a piece of cake. You know, I think that, like that I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, mm -hmm. A mutual friend of ours. Uh, is mostly vegetarian, if not vegan. But when she travels with her and her husband, she'll eat meat because it's part of the the uh, delicacy out there. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard maybe to find something that isn't without that country's meat. Or you can't say no to the family that's hosting you, that's serving you lamb or whatever. So uh, I, I don't think I personally – I don't know if I could do that like – I'm afraid now if I were to have meat at this point, it would actually make me sick because mm -hmm. I've had that experience a couple of times where I've been away from meat for a long time and then had like a piece of fried chicken and got noticeably flu-like symptoms, you know. Um, and I didn't realize it was meat-related until I consciously went back like, what could have caused this? Oh, I had chicken today or whatever, yeah. um, which is a whole other like deciding factor as to why I think meat isn't good for us overall, but that's a personal anecdotal experience. So, and I, and I think, you know, I don't judge people based off of what they eat. Like I sent you a, a good old meat burger, didn't I? You did. I yeah, did. It was delicious. And it was delicious. And I was really nice. It was really nice of me to do that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're so nice. You're so, you're so thoughtful. And generous. So <laughs> Well, hold on, let me get that tattooed real quick. <laughs> it, it had nothing to do with you uh, being pleased with the fact that you ordered it in the middle of a podcast and got to see the results. It had nothing to do with that. It was all selfless, wanting to give pleasure. My to friend people. said that he wanted a hamburger. And you know what I did? I got one from my friend. And you know what? He ate that day. And I'm very, I, I had something to do with that, okay? I'm a good person, Nick. Let me have this. Um, I, and I, I literally, I just bought steak for someone the other day who, like, needed me to go grab groceries for them. So it's, it's like, I don't want to, I'm not on, like, a soapbox going, like, you should not eat meat. But a lot of my experiences now have really made it hard for me to go backward and have meat again, even though I do miss a lot of the flavors of it specifically like dried meats because it's really hard to recreate that like burgers and stuff like that you can I, all day it tastes delicious for me but uh within the first two months of me going vegetarian i was in boston and san francisco which is like just huge seafood area and i was like supposed to cut out seafood but i'm like for the first time ever i'm in boston i've got to have clam chowder i want a lobster <laughs> roll <laughs> like at, at one of the restaurants we went to in san francisco was only served shrimp and crab you know mm -hmm. so and it was like it was great cuz i love that shit but but it was also like uh 
the caveat essentially. But I had never, I never heard that with Lent. I had never had that experience where like, don't be a dick. Don't, don't say no to soda if someone can only offer you soda or whatever. I think yeah, the only well, time I ever gave up anything in Lent was soda. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's pretty rare when turning down a soda is insulting, but yes. <laughs> and the thing is, too, I think I never – I'm sure it is like contemplating your relationship with God and stuff like that. But because I was still so – I was still adolescent when I was quote-unquote Catholic, um, the w- only reason I understood it is that we were just trying to be like Jesus in the desert, you know. Well, yeah, but what was he doing in the desert? resisting temptation to strengthen his relationship with god right was that right i thought he was just trying to de- de- deny the devil well i, I mean I look i do did, did jesus do anything absent his relationship to god right why would you deny the devil if you weren't in that space of devoting yourself to god right i, I you know what yes <laughs> argument <laughs> Argument agreed. I'm not gonna. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. You nailed. <laughs> Do you know what sin means? I actually don't. Let's go. It means to be without, to be without God. What? I don't yes. like that. Sin. When you're doing something sin at- without in Spanish, sin. There you go. To be without, to be without God. So Whoa. when you're doing something without God as the sort of undercurrent or value or not in relationship to it, that's sin. That kind of changes some things for me a little bit. It broadens it a little bit when you start to think about well, what is sin, you know, what does it mean to be do things good or bad and you know, all that stuff. And, and you know, they, they throw that word around a lot. Well, and yeah, and I guess that's that's where I started diverging from religion was it when it was starting to say like well it's bad for a woman to love a woman or a man to love a man or it's bad for you to have sex you know or stuff like that like god doesn't want me to do these things and i understand we we should talk about this on our deep dive one day but certain things i i know you can't pick and choose what your religion says you should follow and you shouldn't but it was hard for me to see how i was being a bad person and against god with certain things at a certain point Right, because if you start to look at the, the the phrase to be without God, you could then say, well, in my, you know, homosexual partnership, God is present between us. So is it sin or is it not? But who's defining that there, right? So, so as opposed to having some religion or some dogma to tell you, well, here's the list of things that are good and here's the list of things that are bad. These are good. These are sinful. No, that, it's just too black and white. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the and, that's the shit that turned me off to it ultimately. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, I still am dying to know about your relationship with your God and vice versa. Um, but I have something, you know, let's not forget the purpose of our entire podcast besides our wonderful repartee. <laughs> generational, generational stuff. Generational differences. <laughs> the, how do those boomers and the zoomers been getting along? And we haven't had we haven't talked about it in three or four weeks now. So Christmas came and went. You know, non denominational holidays were spent. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. COVID has ramped up like crazy, like crazy, like crazy. Everyone and their brother has it right now. Mm-hmm. Um. 
But what I really want to talk to you about today is did you know that birds aren't real? Birds? Birds. Birds aren't real. Okay. It's a huge conspiracy, Nick. Is it because they're actually the remnants of dinosaurs? Oh, no. That's, I mean, if you believe that, you've been suckered, man. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Birds are surveillance videos. It's been going on oh, they're for drones. years. They're drones, man. Those oh. The birds you see in the year, in the sky, 90% of them are drones, man. Oh, that's why they look at me like that. I mean, you fit their profile in many different ways. <laughs> You're on a couple different lists. <laughs> it's like whenever the pigeons swoop overhead, they're like, oh, Masua. <laughs> I, I really want to do a whole episode where you just do an Arabic accent. That would be... That I don't would think be my preference. I would get canceled so quickly. I would need to have you at the top going. No, but just... I would allow it to happen. I would exactly. say, I grant this to happen by, by the Arab the and me. I Allah. give you, yeah. 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 <laughs> She's doing a bit. It's an act. You know, I would, I would, <laughs> if you, if you just tune into any of my streams, you'll, you'll definitely get to hear me do some sort of bastard accent. And it's, it's very bad and good at the same time. It's not fair for cancel culture to take away bad accents. It's just not fair. That's a whole... That's a whole nother... That's a whole nother drop of conversation, <laughs> which I, I would love to get into. Um, but, but it birds. seems like... But no, but that's the thing. Is I was going to say, it seems like you're deflecting from the real issue at hand because you're not willing to accept the truth that birds aren't real. Look, I'm sorry. I'm going to take the side that uh, that what I see is true and I see living winged animals flying around me all the time well peter mckindo would have to disagree with you or peter mckindo or, or is his Mc name mckindo mckindo m-c-i-n-d-o-e mckindo okay Ma i would probably would say mckindo 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 I, I knew uh, I knew uh, Macandoos, a family of Macandoos growing up, and they spelled it M C I N D O O, so similar. That's just, oh, so it's got to be a Macandoo, sure. Then that's that's got to be it. So Peter Mac Macandoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, was that your Middle Eastern, or was that you trying to do Scottish or Irish? Macandoo. <laughs> It might even be Klingon. It's hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Did you hear the phrase that we created when we were at Star Trek Las Vegas? So no. we were every morning. I was opening up the this Roddenberry stage at the um, you know convention hall at the Rio with Ooh. my friend John Champion. I was a it was a big deal. Okay, yeah, well the Rio and, the Rio is a great hotel. I mean it, it was wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So we were <laughs> we were you know, welcoming in the, the Trekkies, the Trekkers. And it was like the first time, I, all of a sudden I realized it was the first time I was in front of an audience, a real life audience since before COVID. And like my blood was pumping. I was having a great time, but also everyone was wearing the masks. So I couldn't really see if they were enjoying themselves or not. Mm. You know how you're kind of like looking out in the audience, like who can't really hear them laughing. So I started asking them, <laughs> like kind of like Jeb Bush, please clap. Like, 
Please applause. <laughs> and, and it was and it was turned into something so funny because it was like, come on, guys, applause or whatever. And, and it was really actually good feedback. And again, to use the word repartee between me and the audience. And then it turned into cuplaws, which is sounds like a a Klingon word. <laughs> Kaplaz. <laughs> so that it was pretty pretty proud of that. I have a I have and if you're interested, we I have a mug in my um my merch store that says Kaplaz. You, you you can have. Have you, have you trademarked it? Uh I don't think I, I don't know if I can yet, but I, I can't afford I don't have the time to trademark anything. Is it is it with a K or a C? So uh Q. K. Oh. Yeah, so that's oh. most most Klingon. Kaplaz. Oh. It's not some sort of Q and on. Which is it, you, no, it's not. Which is how you got to this bird pet. Ma- interesting. Ma- it's interesting you should say that. You're on to something. So, but the the short version of the kaplas is there's a um, there's like a, a celebratory word in Klingon kapla. Mm. So by saying kaplas, it was kind of like a even better portmanteau. Oh so. man, I bet those Trekkies lost their minds. <sighs> it was it was a good moment for. It, it was like like at that. In that moment, I said, 2021, we did it. And I closed the book. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty impressive. So it's interesting you should say the QAnon thing, Nick. Uh-oh, is this, is this a QAnon theory here? One step deeper. Oh, there's deeper than QAnon? Oh, God, help us all. No, even be- that's for the, for the better. Mm. It's a fake conspiracy company that's meant to combat, in their words, lunacy with lunacy. If people actually believe that birds are not real, then it's an example of how people are believing the insane conspiracies that are out there right now. Wow. And so, so it's is subversive. This, is, is this guy getting followers who believe what he's saying? Or? So, I don't know if this is the first time I heard about it, but but he has a, a New York Times article that came out in December that was all about it, which kind of basically let people know that the, like if you if you could get past the paywall, it was basically telling you that this is a Gen Z um, conspiracy that are it's a movement essentially created by this twenty three year old in a way to deal with all these people who are believing fringe theories. He was just on a news show, like a national news show or, or something, and he was like explaining birds aren't real or something, and he was on Zoom, and then takes a sip of coffee and then pukes <laughs> in front of, uh, onto his laptop, and he's like, oh, I'm just so nervous, I'm sorry. And then like, they cut him out. You know, so like, he's gotten even more viral because he puked on this TV news show. <laughs> So that's why I'm bringing it up now, now too, because like he, it's obviously he's doing stunt um, marketing, essentially. I mean, he's mm. gotten national coverage at this point. Wow, it's fascinating. These, these Gen Zers, smart, smart. Well, and he's do they're doing a good job of like holding up a mirror and reflecting it back to us, right? Mm. Like interesting, like because just just even the way that they've designed the program. Or their their literature or whatever, it makes it feel like oh, I could kind of almost believe that birds aren't real. The idea of this, I could believe it, but it it does yeah. So it's like well, the New York Times article says it might smack of QAnon, the conspiracy theory that the world is controlled by elite cabal of child trafficking Democrats. 
uh, except that the creator of Birds Aren't Real and the movement's followers are in on the joke. They know that birds are in fact real and that their theory is made up. It's a parody social movement with the purpose. Wow. And what's the conspiracy? Like who controls the fake birds? Oh, so they have a video on their website that's like, we found this 1987 uh, band commercial. <laughs> uh, let's see. what What is the birds aren't real? Let's go to their website. Let's see. And they, he sells a he, – he <laughs> birdsaren'treal.com activism apparel. So he's literally making money, just selling apparel. <laughs> uh, let's see. Poultry gate. That is so funny. The uh, the official birds aren't real response to a blasphemous Newsweek article. I don't know. I don't know, man. What was the question even? Oh, what what's the theory behind who controls the bird drones? I don't know if that's out there. Mm. I mean, I'm sure it is, but I just don't know. Uh, despite several inaccuracies, inaccuracies, some truth to make of the press, such as the fact that big tech is in bed with the government, that everyone deep down can identify and relate to the fact that we're being surveilled, and that the surveillance is most likely coming from 12 billion birds simultaneously. <laughs> and finally, that br- the, the birds aren't real movement has picked up tons of followers. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I, I have a couple people in my life that are subscribing to a lot of fringe theories and conspiracies. Mm. And it's, so it's doubly impactful, this idea to me, because what happens is, or the way I've noticed it is, conspiracy theories get spread with, like, truth peppered in. So you get, like, you look at an Instagram post that's, like, truth, truth, conspiracy truth and it makes the the surrounding truth makes that conspiracy look real or like there's like or no there's no correlation versus causation or whatever i don't know if i'm making my point but a lot of the people that believe the fringe theories and conspiracies really believe that they're reading the truth really believe that they are uh unearthing something like a bigger a bigger web of of lies Mm -hmm. it's tough yeah it's fat i mean i've you know the 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 fun thing about facebook or whatnot is that you you probably like have like somebody who's like me gen x or whatever like you know it's like all these you're friends with all these random people from high school that you never talk to anymore. Right. But those so, there's a certain ratio of those people who are falling into this into conspiracy theories. And there was one guy in particular that I would just watch and I just couldn't get enough. And I'm just like, oh, how in the world? How in the world do you go this deep? I don't get it. You know, it was all about you know, it was all the classic, you know, QAnon Trump stuff. He was a big sure. QAnon Trumper and and, you know, 5G is causing coronavirus and he was selling these, you know, blockers that would block 5G from affecting you and all this shit. But like you could you could tell that he actually believed it. He it believes like he, it. He believes it to his core. Um and he has ton he had ton of tons of followers. 
Um, he was also like a soft celebrity, so he already had some followers. You know? uh, like he already had people who like, sure. knew, you know, he had a name. But oh man, and I just it just became a I wouldn't say an obsession of mine, but definitely something I looked forward to. I was like, ooh, what did he post today? What's happening you know? today? <laughs> But of course, he ended up getting like banned on Facebook, and you know, so like now, and you know, and you have to now, if you want to get his updates, like pay a monthly subscription. I was like, well, that's not. That's Which not is probably the only thing that helped him. Like he's probably making so much money right now. Oh, he's making. Yeah, it's it's or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like it's it's. There's nothing. There's nothing altruistic about the majority of these people that are out there trying to share the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth. The person that I. No, that happens to also agree that there's a 5G correlation to COVID sicknesses. Made some interesting arguments to some extent about it, that uh, there's correlations to when radio towers went up and people got sick. And every time, like, because we are frequencies, and so we're... <laughs> affected by these frequencies so like these people like extrapolate one theory and and find like oh yeah so the first tower to go up was it where the epicenter of covid was you know i don't know it's i guess the thing that i i struggle with is if i don't know the truth about what's going on which we i I actually do i do ever hesitate to say that everything we're being told is accurate but what makes you guys think you know the truth also? Do like, your research. Well, yeah. I mean, apparently they are. <laughs> I mean, what? Yes, sir. Yeah. Research. We really need to go back to the card catalog. Can we please just, you know, stop using the internet for information and go back to going to libraries and searching for a book in a card catalog? That seemed to be better. It, well, it, it did. But then, again, here's the problem with that. You get the sisters of the Confederacy that are writing that book that are telling yeah. you that slavery was good. Yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? Yeah, it's going to come at you no matter what. Well, and it, I don't have an answer, and it's probably more frustrating to talk about it than it is than it is to make fun of it. But we're all scared, Nick, and we're all trying to do our best, and, and it's a confusing world out there. Okay. All right. I, for me, the for me the the thing that I go go through is, I just have trust and faith that everything is as it should be, and worst case scenario is, I what am I, what am I afraid of that I'm going to die like mm. that somehow I'm going to get destroyed by all this then so be it, I you know I'm going to die at some point anyway. Not to say that I would invite death in, but like. That's the, that's the that's like the line your brain goes down in terms of how you build this fear of like oh, is this happening is this happening well let's say it is then what yeah totally what? what you're going you know usually the ultimate thing is you're going to die and like oh you'll be slaves you'll be slaves to the fascist yet you know it's like okay well yes you think okay, great yeah <laughs> but <is> that, <laughs> I'm not going to live my life worrying that I'm going to be a slave someday because it's going to destroy my moment right now to enjoy this moment so. I'm already a I'm I am a slave if I'm worried about becoming a slave. God, that's so true. That's right? so true. I was I I was trying to kind of explain something similarly to my friend who has um who's on the other side of the conspiracy theory. I was like 
do you realize the energy that you're putting in to this to dispel it or understand it is stopping you from being productive in other places in your life? And that's only benefiting other people. Like, that's the real conspiracy is if we keep women occupied on you're not getting paid enough and we're going to make you do the movement as opposed to just go get paid and tell someone to pay us, you're occupied over here being busy not actually affecting change in the world. That's really half true and half not true. Cause like you do need people that move movements forward. Right. But you can also be too obsessed and not putting what you were meant to do out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when you're, li when you're living in that sort of negative energy space, you know, of fear and hate, um, uh, you're diminishing your quality of life. And usually what, you, that fear and hate is coming from is a fear that you're going to lose your quality of life. Wow. God. <laughs> well, and that just speaks to my theory that most people do not have a lot of self-awareness when it comes to why they feel the way they do and why they do what they do. Because if you want to like boil it down, there's really only two emotions, right? There's love and fear. Mm -hmm. You can love mm -hmm. something or you can fear something. All roads lead to fear. And what are we most afraid of? Death, right? Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, like shame and all that stuff gets boiled up into it or rejection. and But all those feelings trigger, you know, instincts in us that tell us, well, this will lead to your death if you get rejected or what have you. Or you're not going to make money. Well, those things are forms of egoic death. Which is mm. which feels just as real as actual death to the mind. Mm. Is there ever a way you can move past that though, feeling that way, right? Like certainly, yeah. You, you can, can overcome the, the feelings. Yeah, do the work. Do mindfulness. Do mindfulness meditation. You know, and, and really got You got to train. You have to like, like you say, you have to have awareness. You have to develop that awareness. Cultivate that awareness. It's an ongoing thing because the mind is a. Uh, a tricky beast, you know, um, and you got to, you have to have constant awareness of what your mind is doing. Otherwise, it will do things that maybe you don't want it to do or, or it may do things that aren't really in your best interest. Right. Well, and then that goes into why are we here? What lessons are you specifically supposed to learn? You're going to keep on getting presented with that opportunity to learn that lesson until you continue, until you learn that lesson. I kind of hate that life is as simple as that, that like I'm on this planet to learn this lesson over and over again until I fucking learn it. And then there's going to be another lesson once I've learned that lesson or the next level of challenge with regards to that lesson. I, I hate that it's, I hate when I read Instagram quotes and I'm like, oh, I relate to that. I wish I didn't relate to it like everybody fucking else did, you know? I just <laughs> but wish that's not it wasn't the sole that purpose of life. That's just a piece of life that we need to remind ourselves so that when we do have obstacles and we do have challenges, we look at them as opportunities and not as um, uh, being stuck in the mud or as being our fate, right? There's the other part of it of like, well, what's the purpose of life? And, and the other part of it is to live, to be alive, and to engage in life, um, and and you know, and that can be that can take many forms for different people, um, but hopefully, present in that side of things are things like love and joy and peace, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Oh boy. Birds brought us here. Oh boy is right. <laughs> Drone birds. Drone birds. Brought love, us. Imagine to the though. Of life. Imagine like the, I guess I'm more impressed than anything that like this kid since 2017 has been trying to do this movement and and like finally got the traction. Like it just oh, he stayed committed since 2017. If 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 any of the articles are to be believed, he's a dropout from college that just focused on this. That's amazing. Fucking wild. Some people are just built to make movements in in some way or another, right? Well, not not that this is what I'm about to say. Not that this is the lesson to take away from this Birdman, um, <laughs> but it was once said to me that uh, ecstasy of the soul comes through commitment, um, whereas a lot of people think that commitment comes from ecstasy of the soul. Take a moment to think about it. You're shaking your head. No, I, just I know, re, I'm reorganizing thoughts in my head. I'm like forming new synapses. I've never heard that. I've never heard either. So I'm trying to understand it. So, Well, just think about it. Like a lot of people think, well, once I find the thing that I really like, I'm going to start, I'm going to commit to it and really do it. Right? So that most, the general understanding is like, well, if that thing didn't bring me this sort of, what, what, ecstasy of the soul is a, is a whatever phrase. You can, you can turn it to whatever, like, you know, joy, happiness, or like fulfillment, or or enlightenment, you know, whatever word you might want to use. Um, people are waiting for that feeling in order to say, oh, that's what I should do, or this is the direction that I should go. Uh, and very often in life, nothing has that feeling consistently, right? Right. Um, you may have that feeling, in you know, instantly, like, oh, I fucking love that. I want to do that again. But then the more you do it, it loses that initial whatever. Um, and that, and then they go, well, I don't want to do that anymore. Well, let me find something else that makes me happy. And then they keep bouncing around. But if you look at it the other way where it's just like, you know, commit to something mm-hmm. and through that commitment over time, you will find what you were looking for. Find a joy, find a purpose. Um, find, yeah, n- yeah. Nothing makes me, well, that's not true. It's hyper, hyperbole, which I want to do, but. I feel sad for people who don't know what they want to do in this life. And there's a lot of people who don't know that. Yeah, but you feel sad for them? I guess so. It tends to be shared with me in the sense of like, I don't know what I want to do. There's like a a listlessness, kind of like purposeless feeling that Mm. at least is expressed. Conversely, I think a lot of people see how much purpose I've, I've given myself with knowing that I wanted to do acting, being supported by my family in order to do that. You know what I mean? Because, like, so we know, how, we've talked about this before, how how few people are actually like, go on, son, go be an actor, you know? <laughs> so that's tough in and of itself, like, knowing what you want to do but not being supported. Not only was I supported, I also knew what I wanted to do to some extent or another. Mm-hmm. And then there's people out there who are like, fuck, ma'am, I don't even know what I want to do. Well, see, I think there's a little bit of a two-sided coin there because I don't think not knowing what you want to do is quote-unquote bad. Yeah, think, I'm excited about that thought. I think feeling bad about not knowing what you want to do is the problem. Being okay with not knowing what you want to do can actually be really, really cool place to be. Uh, but it's a, hard, it's a hard mindset to get into. Uh, I definitely. was still victim of the outdated thinking that I had to have some things figured out by 22. Right? Like, Mm. 
the way I look at my parents is they they were still victim of a society that said you have to get married by 22 or 23 or have kids by this time. This is like when you do it. And they were, while it was like falling out of fashion, they were still in the throes of that society push, pushing that onto them. And now while I never felt that pressure, I never, if I was married to my 21st, my boyfriend when I was 21, he was a, he was the nicest guy I ever dated to be fair. But I would hate. I would probably kill him. I would probably have I murdered him somehow. I just just to get out of it somehow. I probably would have done that. But I never felt like I had to get married, you know. And if you want to get married, good, more power to you. But I always feel sad when I know people that are like twenty two, twenty three, getting married because it's like, yo, you don't even know who you are yet. And that's a long way to say that I felt like I was inadequate, not because I wasn't getting married or you know. But because I didn't – I wasn't where I thought I should be in my career. I wasn't as successful as I thought I was supposed to be. And all I thought I did was like dick off or just like not commit or whatever or like I, I wasn't working hard. I didn't start pursuing my dreams until I was 27. And so I felt like I wasted time. And in some ways, sure, you could look at it that way. But what I love – I want to tell all the Gen Z kids, like, guys, stick off until you're 30. Nothing matters. Fuck off. Like, you're never going to be able to do this again. You might be able to, depending on what kind of lifestyle you want. But, like, you don't need to have shit figured out right now. Go forth. Who cares? Go make mistakes. Don't kill somebody. But go make a mistake. So I I, I'm, I was the, a victim of a little bit of existential dread. And here I am today. I'm doing just fine. But... <laughs> But the kids nowadays kind of – I think they get a little bit more freedom. Like, hey, man, do whatever you want. Go figure it out. Who cares? Well, yeah, but I think the, the binds on that have been loosening over the over the generations. That's uh, what I mean. Like they're – as it eroded for me but not was not fully gone, they get the benefit of the next version of erosion of that old like, old way of thinking, older way of thinking. I mean the, the flip side to this I think is – Tell me how look- I'm wrong. Mansplain it to me, Nick. No, I'm not mansplaining. I'm talking about my observation. I I'm had a just very, kidding. I had a very similar experience as you did where, you know, I think probably by nature of our career, you know, being quote unquote freelance per se, like you're mm. constantly, you're trying to figure things out, opens the way for more meandering in your 20s than if you were to get a more mainstream job or at least a job, that a salaried job that you worked Intern into. Intern to mailroom to blah, 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 like moving up. Yeah, like a, mm-hmm. a, a corporate ladder job. You know, so I mean, I, I had a very similar feeling of like, oh, man, I didn't think I did enough in my 20s to be able to to set myself up right, yada, yada. But then I had the moment when I was 30 where I was like, oh, shit, everything that I did in my 20s is finally coming together. And I see how now yeah. I see how it all has made me who I am today and given me the skills that I need. So so I'm 100% in terms of what you're talking about in my own experience. But at the same time, this is what I think about, you know, it didn't necessarily set me up financially for, a, for long stability and whatnot, which is an important thing. And I look at uh, my father, who I think we've come down to is not technically a boomer. I think he's pre-boomer, but it's, it's similar sort Generation of... Generation Jones, I think is what we 
decided. Yeah. Or we we learned that Generation Jones is in between Gen X and Boomers. No, no, he's on the other side. So he's oh. not Generation Jones. He was the the, the wasn't the, the silent the generation? greatest the silent generation and then the, then so there's the greatest generation and the silent generation. He was the silent one. I think that's right. Silent. Yeah. Um, but no, he that, at at that time, you know, it was about getting a job with a good company, a good corporation, and one that you could hopefully spend your entire career doing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and that's and that's what he did. And and you know, me me growing up looking at it, you know, being a, being a young artist, you know, mm-hmm. being like, oh, you know, corporations. Okay, Joaquin Phoenix, tell me all about it. Well, you know, having that idea that corporations, uh, you know. Um, can be very problematic because when money's the bottom line, humanity is not always considered and that's yada yada. That's not the way I want to live my life, blah, blah, blah. I remember plenty of times my, my mom would go, but you know, corporations is what made your father successful and us to have a good family. You know, it's like, so don't, you know. Don't knock don't bite it. The, yeah, don't bite the hand that feeds you here. Um, and in time, you know, and, and I look back, I'm like, oh man, you know, is that maybe a better system like which one's a better system because what my father was able to gain out of that system though it may have limited certain freedoms it did provide a level of stability um that you know that people who hop around nowadays from job to job or industry to industry don't necessarily have that sort of security i mean corporations provided that framework you know they got you the good insurance they got you the retirement plan. They gave you incentives to, to markers to hit and promotions to gain. You know, some people, the counter argument might be like, well, that's how they enslave you, man. They keep you on the wheel, right? But it's all. But some people. people need that. Like, some people just want that structure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think not everybody. Like, my dad always cautioned against the rat race for mm-hmm. me. And, like, basically, divested his fears for himself onto me by going, you don't want to be just a walk on roll in the war, you know, Pink Floyd me or whatever. I think that's what you want. You want to walk on roll in the war as opposed to a rat in a cage. Anyway. (laughs) I don't know this phrase. You don't know the leading. Would you rather have a leading role in a cage or walk on part in the role in in, uh, walk on roll in the war is a Pink Floyd song. Oh, great. Um, I don't know what I'd want. Maybe, maybe, maybe I've always wanted to be a leading man. Can I put me in a cage? Put me in a fucking cage. I know. I hear you, man. I hear. <laughs> I hear you. I know. I've actually that 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 question. You're supposed to say walk on part in the war because that's like at least you did something, right? That's like what I would think they want you to say. But man, I've I've wrestled with that too. Like, but I want to be the leading. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to book that job. <laughs> if the cage means a studio contract, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Listen, I'll do CW all you want. It's fine. Yeah, I got no shame. <laughs> I mean, I was I was hoping to get a Nickelodeon sitcom. I don't care. That's great. I mean, you deserve one. It's it's just a matter of time, Nicholas. But um, I think what ended up happening. Is that yeah? There there are corporation jobs out there, but the benefits started going away to some extent. What the think, pay yes, gap things, has, you know, things have shifted. Yes, I do think so. Yes. So like, really, in reality, I think the 
I think the pay gap is, I mean, obviously bigger than it ever has been, but corporations are reporting larger margins than they have ever, even though they're claiming we have no money and no business, you know, no people to work for us. They just, we're at the point now where the 1% doesn't need us to make their, their nut, you know, so they don't care about what our benefits are in order to keep us working. In the 50s and the 60s, they needed to keep people happy in order to keep people there and alive, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah was... We're expendable now. Totally. But we're going to take the power back. I'm going to sit in that fucking cage, <laughs> shit in the corner. <laughs> Uh, speaking of my sort of uh, corporate uh, protest that I had when I was younger, do you do you remember? Uh, we've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast. One of my particular corporate um, uh, protests. Did we talk about this? Was uh, was not eating McDonald's? Oh, that? you have told me this. Yes, right. And then we said like, "Oh shit, we shouldn't say that because we shouldn't we say might- that." Because we're actors, commercials, right? yeah, exactly. Who knows? And who knows if they're going to go back and check the tape? And then, and then right before the holidays, I I, I confess that I went to McDonald's. And you told I, the, you told all of us that you got your yourself and your daughter a burger. Yes, and that I loved it. Um, right. And uh, well, guess what happened over the break? Did you book a McDonald's commercial? Almost. Oh, did they check I, the tape? I got. I know. I, I was put on a veil. I was put on a veil for a McDonald's commercial, and I was like, oh, please, I just want this for the story. I just want this for the story. (laughs) Um, But who knows? I was on a veil, and, and, you know, these days they have – and for those of you out there who don't know what a veil is, Mm -hmm. we'll explain it. It's when they they hold an actor, and they they usually put – Two or three. Yeah, three. Yeah, whatever. Two to three actors on a veil so that they can get approval from the clients and the agency, make sure everybody agrees – on the on the top one and if that top one backs out they have other options yada yada yeah. so you're on a veil you're on hold cuz they want you to hold your schedule open cuz they, they these the turnaround time of these are so so short usually so i go into audition uh you know right before the holidays and then i out of nowhere i get i get a call back like on the 23rd the day before christmas eve and i was like oh it's a christmas miracle <laughs> um you know, and then I get then I get put on a veil, and um, and I, you know, they don't tell you. I mean, I w- sometimes they do. I wish they would. They don't tell you when they release you. When they release you, which is a bit annoying. You, I found out when a friend of ours, Jeff Thompson, uh, I saw him at the callback, and I found out when he posted online that he booked the commercial. It was for a different role. Yeah, but I was like, I was like. They did their bookings today, and I didn't get called. You know, so yeah. I, I was, you know, I was like, but kudos for Thompson. He's hilarious. He yeah, he is. He's great. Um, but makes me wonder: Did they go back and listen to our podcast? And they go, "Wait, we got to let go of this guy. He had a corporate protest back when he was twenty-one. <laughs> he didn't eat McDonald's for twenty years. Yeah, but did you hear that episode where he he did eat McDonald's again? Yeah, but it's a little too late. It's a little too late. It's the the impression is out there. He's not testing well with markets at all. <laughs> I mean, I I would actually be glad if that's what happened because that means that we're actually you know we're we're make we've made it. So we I think I think I see it in our twenty twenty two that one of us is going to book a McDonald's commercial. It's going to happen. I feel it. Well, this was like a really big. Com- I mean, I guess they do commercials all the time, but. 
They do this was like all the time. This was like a huge slate. I'd actually be surprised if this. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this was ends up being a Super Bowl commercial because you're like, oh, we're just we're so Has close. Has McDonald's ever done a, a Super Bowl commercial though? I feel that's, like they don't have to. That's a good question. Because like not. Coke does it. There's like certain there's certain products that you can anticipate mm-hmm. a good commercial. I think McDonald's ads and things, unless they're like we're going vegan, you know. Um, they they everything is such a quick turnover. It's just only McRib month, you know, or whatever. So like most of the commercials, they're big, but they last for a month because they're just for the promotion of that. That's been my impression. Well, this one, yes, I think generally, especially if it's about food, right? This one, which could also be seasonal or temporary, is about they're pushing their app, their oh order sure. On- their order online app. Mm. So there could be some longevity in a Hey, listen, like the first commercial I booked was technically to be an extra in the Taco Bell app commercial. Okay. Oh, hmm. you got history in, in app commercial. I got I got history in the app business. <laughs> I, I'm a big deal, Nicholas. Okay, I have another generational question for you. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. You ready? Yeah. Timothy Chalamet or Tom Holland? Oh, well, I'm going to have to look up who Tom Holland is. <laughs> Just to, I mean, I know who he is. I mean, not really. I mean, I know, I know, like, it's not like I haven't heard of Tom Holland. Let me see. You might not have. Oh, is he? So he was the most recent Spider-Man? He's the Spider-Man. He's our, he's our Spider-Baby. He's our current Spider-Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. How is this generational? Timothy Chalamet. Aren't they they're, the same generation? Yes. They're the, they're the Gen Z darlings right now. And ah, got it. I don't... I accidentally... Like, I retweeted something that's that Tom Holland is famous for on Twitter. And he mm. did the lip sync song... Uh, he did a Rihanna song. He performed the shit out of it. And it's like this recurring joke on Twitter that every time you see it, you just have to retweet it. And I tweeted it and said, Sh- uh, Chalamet wishes in so many words. Because the way Tom Holland is dancing, it's just amazing. He, he played Billy Elliot as a kid. And he's just like, mm. he's like got the acrobatics and what have you. And I think Timothy Chalamet, honestly, is is like, I like him. I do like him. Even though he has a mouse face, I do like him. <laughs> but people, the, the 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 tweet went a little bit viral, and people were like, "Why do we have to pit these two guys against each other? What's wrong with you?" And it's like they were getting mad about nothing. Where it was just real in reality, it was just like, "Well, Timothy Chalamet wouldn't dance like that." That's all I'm saying. And I like both of these people. So, but. In some ways, they're like the two leading men that all all the movies are going to now. So mm. interesting. Well, you know, I don't think I've ever seen any of their work. I may have seen Timothy Chalamet in something. He was in Call Me by Your Name. Yeah, didn't see he was, it. Uh, Little Women. He was in Dune recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Lady Bird. Oh, I saw Lady Bird. 
Yeah, so he was the the fuck boy in Lady Ladybird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a nice job. Yeah, and good, him and Saoirse Ronan have a good good chemistry because they've been in a couple movies together now. Um, he he's a very good actor. He's very gifted. I think. Um, I think he's. I think he was in Beautiful Boy with Steve Carell. Um, mm. but basically he's doing everything. He's doing the Willy Wonka biopic. <laughs> Biopic? What do you mean? They're doing a Willy Wonka movie before he was Willy Wonka. Oh, that sounds familiar. Okay. Which Amazing. sounds it sounds awful to me, but it probably is probably gonna be great. But and Tom Holland is a he's a good little actor and he's super cute. Now he's dating Zendaya and everyone loves them and I think it's super cute. Um they're just I think here's what here's what I'm really asking. I think Timothy Chalamet has a crush on Zendaya. And he's jealous oh, that Tom well, Holland's dating Zendaya. Is what? Is there been some? Well, been Zendaya some and Timothy Chalamet were in Dune together, mm. and then they were on the whole press tour, and they were at con, uh, Cannes mm. and stuff like that. Um, con festival, con, can, can, can. I don't know. It's, they were just uh, they, were be- they were just basically doing a you know fashion tour for Dune, promoting it, and I just feel like Chalamet was just like. Okay, you could you you are dating Tom, but you could be dating me, and so that's that's just that's the undercurrent I was picking up. That's all. Oh, why? Well, I, I mean, I I could totally you know see nothing. That, you know, I know nothing. <laughs> like, like I don't even know who Zendaya is. is yes, is she, you do. Is she the daughter of a famous actor? I don't actress. I don't know. No. She's but she's an actress in and of her own right. She's and she's wonderful. She's in Euphoria. She plays MJ in in Spider Man. Oh, I never saw Euphoria. Okay, she plays, but but I know the show. Um, okay. Yeah, she's the half black, you know, or mixed mixed race act- actress. I don't know if she's half black. Okay. I don't want to misspeak. Okay. Uh, well, great. Well, see, you know, these are all, you're talking about up and coming Hollywood here, huh? It's pretty much what I'm talking about. Which is great. Uh, you okay? <laughs> I'm just looking at pictures. I'm going like, well, if I just had to choose based on pictures. I don't know if I like either of these guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a guy take. A guy take like, oh yeah, there's some young guy who's getting all the attention. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Um, no. But I would do that with all the cute girls too because I'm like, well, now I'm just going to be their mom. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I get it. I get, I get the feeling. I've, I've come on to the other side though. Let's put it this way. I was super bitter at the top and now I'm here. So... <laughs> I mean, I look. I think it's great. Uh, it's not really on my radar, but uh, but I also I've ne- I've never been somebody who has like a mind for actors' names and who they are and what they've done. Um. So so yeah, I will always hate like you know when people are like well, who's your favorite actor? And I'm just like oh shit, I don't know. Um. But that that also is like hard to qualify or quantify too, right? Like it could be somebody in this film. I mean, I know who my favorite actors are because I want to f them the most. You know what I mean? Like that's usually <laughs> that that's your that's your <laughs> that's that's the bar. Like okay, I'm gonna watch everything you and McGregor does because that's who I would like to have, be in my bed at the end of the <laughs> night. <laughs> so. And and that usually does correlate with their talent, you know. I find talent very attractive and humor. <laughs> so well, well, we already 
you've already established that your attraction is usually based on personality over looks, right? Or usually, based on I, connection. I would say that that's true. Right, didn't you that would say, be your takeaway, takeaway, right? I think that's right. Listen, it's important to me to have sexual chemistry with a partner, but it can, and it can be like instantaneous, but uh, it is important usually when they are funny or smart or talented or like they're really good at this, that's very attractive to me. Mm. Or they treat me like shit or they, you know. <laughs> they neg me. <laughs> 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 they fucking kick me in the face. It's the best. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Uh, so is this become a sort of Gen Z talk about? Like, who... I think they're just the darlings, um, and I don't think I don't think I don't think they've been pitted against each other. But but they are like right now. If there's a, a role for a leading man, it's going to one of them hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I I would be really I just would be really curious. I have a feeling Timothy Chalamet is super bitter at Tom Holland. That's just what I think, and that's just me reading body language. And but also that's just me creating drama out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Because I'm sure Timothy Chalamet is just is doing just fine in his life. If he's focused on what Tom Holland is doing too much, then. He's has some problems. He needs to go talk to somebody. <laughs> you're totally right. I'm. You're totally. He's. He's literally. I think Timothy Chalamet is like on three movie sets a day. So I'm sure he's. He's too busy to even think about it. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see? Don't look up. I have not. No. Do yourself a favor and watch it. He is in that too. Actually, funnily enough, um, but. It's a good movie, and I'd be curious to talk to you about what your takeaway is if you end up watching it here on the on the podcast. Okay, okay. I'll look. I'll I'll, I'll try to watch that. We we haven't been uh, big movie watchers. We we should we need to. Well, but I don't watch movies. I love. I, I I totally am with you. But all of a sudden, it was like they caught me at the right time, and a lot of people actually watched it. It because it, it's on Netflix and. Just caught me at the right time. I was like, you know what? Let me just watch it. It's Leonardo DiCaprio and it's Jennifer Lawrence. You can't go wrong with that, you know. At yeah. Di- Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. there's a million people, and so I I was not, I actually got one of the best laughs I've had in a while from like one of the quickest jokes I've ever seen. It was it was just just for me. It tickled me totally. <laughs> so, but it, overall, I really liked it. So. Well, well, Jennifer Lawrence is my crush. That's my interesting. She's my um, my hall pass. Really? Uh, yeah. Why? I just, I just dig her energy. She's banging, man. I totally hear you. I'm just so curious. Like, this is like unlocking a piece of you for me. Uh, I well, I mean, I th- she's obviously very talented. She's obviously very attractive. But I also just, I just, uh, I appreciate her personality which i think is a little bit it's maybe a little bit childlike at times you know but oh yeah it's petulant but it's also like brash and like she doesn't give a fuck yeah she's fun she's playful i i feel like she's being real um and i and i enjoy her on screen um i don't think there's anything i've seen her in that i haven't enjoyed um you need to do your crush a favor and watch this movie okay i'll get i'll get on it she's your whole best all right i hear you Right. I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. I don't know who else. I, I mean, again, like I said, I don't really think about actors and actors' names. You know, like I don't have a good 
track for them. But, but yeah, I, you know, so I, she's been there, she's been there for a while. Maybe if I started paying attention more, maybe it would get usurped. But you know, now at the stage of life where I am, the fact that she's also now, you know, going to be a mother makes, uh, in some ways, even makes her more attractive. I was like, oh, oh yeah, now she's God. older, she's more mature, she's responsive. You know. <laughs> <laughs> or are you learning that you have a pregnancy fetish that you didn't no, know? I, 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 no, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I hear you. Like, and and I may, we may have talked about this before, but women or people do find can find someone more attractive the more successful they are. Uh, if they're already in a relationship, if they make money, or you know, the more friends they have, you can. You're more. In, inclined to like a person based off of those factors so it does make sense that like her maturing into adulthood really in that way it is attractive you know you're mm -hmm. watching growth so that, that makes total sense mm -hmm. so what you're saying is i should get pregnant and people will flock to me is that what you're saying <laughs> not the people you want to flock to you. okay, okay. <laughs> i don't even know what i want I think it just makes her more real, which is easy with actors to just like, to not see their humanity. And oftentimes because a lot of actors don't hide want their you to see that. They, yeah. yeah, they don't want you to see it. So they lead very private lives. Um, but there's something about, you know, and there's a lot of actresses who don't have kids. They choose not to go that route. Right. Or, you know, um, you know, so seeing somebody say, you know what, I am going to take the time in my life to do this. And yeah, I think that's just makes it more of a makes them more human to me. And I find that attractive. I think that's right. That makes a lot of sense. Like I, I love being a voyeur in Kristen Bell's Kristen Bell's and Dak Shepard's life, you know, and they, they don't they don't show pictures of their kids, but they'll post about them and stuff. And Kristen Bell will share videos of like their ridiculous day where they're like five cats in their backyard or whatever you know and, and they're very public about the things that they go through and um which is a choice you know it's a choice to be that open with the public about your relationship excuse me your relationship and your struggles and but i, do, I but i also just i i love that they do that and it, it's given me the example to want to be that way as well if i'm gonna be in the public face i might as well just be honest about things you know that's that's mm -hmm. a, a choice for me so <sighs> Well, now that I know your hall pass, you know mine. I'll, I'll be sure to – I don't know if your McGregor's my hall pass. I'll have to think about that. I want to – by next week, I want a full report. I will give you – I'll give you my top ten. Top ten? Wow. Oh, yeah. There's top – there's ten dudes in this business, and there half of them belong to England, um, that I would just <laughs> – I would leave it all for. Um, oh, I gotta know. Yeah, I want to know this ten. Me too, but I, I have I could rattle off, but I'd rather I'd rather give you you know some I'd, I'd rather let our audience have their appetite whetted for next week. Because any time that we say we're gonna do something, we always we do, do it. it. We do it. <laughs> we're so good about that. You know what I was realizing? If I was a good producer, I would write down all the topics that we should go back to, and I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your job. It's the intern. Oh, yeah, that fucking bitch. I fired her. Oh, shit. She didn't make it to 2022? Uh-uh. She's dead now. Oh, you, like, <laughs> literally, like, fired a gun at her. I probably shouldn't say that, but, you know, <laughs> that version of Jessica is dead. No. Well, well I, I'll, I'll find a new one. We'll, we'll, we'll do better. 
Uh, well, Nick, I think that's it. I think we did it. Well, what? Uh-uh. Oh, uh, we don't have a lot of I don't want to talk about it. What? I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk it. about Crypto, crypto Corner. corner. <laughs> I've lost a hundred. I've lost. I've lost twenty five percent of my finances. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, I was at five hundred something, and now I'm at three something. It's okay. Everybody's account is down at the moment. Okay. Okay. You know, unless unless you're some you know buyer, seller, trader, yada yada, but. And why is everybody's account down? Because the whole market is down. Okay. But this is what they call a buying opportunity. Okay. So what are you what are you predicting? What are you seeing? Well, nothing. It, look, this is what they call dollar cost averaging. Okay. This is why in the in the uh, in this in the crypto world and and also in the stock market, but there's there's less volatility in the stock market. But they do do dollar cost averaging. You can do the dollar cost averaging there as well, but it's even more important in the crypto market because you have these huge, huge swings. So what dollar cost averaging is, is you don't, if you have like $500 that you want to buy, you don't buy it all at once because you don't know where the price is going to go next. Oh, okay. You buy $100 and then you see what happens. And then you buy another $100 and you see what happens. You know, and if you do that in intervals, you will eventually, you will even, you will get the average price over a period of time. Um, which is why, like on things like Coinbase or any of these sort of apps, they give you that option to have recurring payments or recurring purchases. I didn't even think about that. Like, so I just that, thought you were just doing a good job and putting money in and investing like a good little, you know, ding dong. I mean, that's part of it. Be, be a good ding dong and mm-hmm. invest regularly. Uh, the other part of it is, is that you're taking advantage or you're, you're minimizing your risk on the swings, on the ups and downs. Um, and right now, you know, it's a down. I mean, what? What? I mean, I haven't checked, but last I last I checked, you know, Bitcoin was at forty k. Um, and and at what at its height, it was like sixty or something. Sixty? Like no, that? it was above sixty five k. You know, and you know, it's sitting at oh, it's sitting at thirty nine, just underneath. It's at forty k. But a year ago, when it really took its big jump from December into January, like it went from like, you know, I think maybe just under 10K to to 30K. Um, and then from there, it went all the way up to 65K by May, crashed in the, in the summer, down into the 30s again, 30s, low 40s. Uh, and then it had a night, and when the fourth quarter started, we we're like, oh, here we go, big fourth quarter, as it went back up again. And it went it broke its all-time high, went above that 63k to I don't know 65 or something, um, and now it's and then it's been slowly dropping ever since. It's sort of steady drop. I think it had another little up to be around like 55k, but then now it's coming down again. Um, so I mean, it just has this movement where basically right now you can get it at a price that you could have gotten it at a whole year ago. Yeah. Right. So that's an interest. Like if you're looking at, oper- at at this as an opportunity, as something you wanted to get into, it might be it might be a good time to dip your toe in. If you're looking at a situation that that you're in, again, this is not financial advice. We're not. No, nope, this is advisors. only this is only entertainment and educational yep. purposes. Yeah. And educational is a loose word. <laughs> uh, it's <an> experiential. <laughs> <laughs> 
but let's say somebody like yourself, you're like, oh shit, you know, I'm down money. Um, scared money don't make money, first off. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Um, but what you can do is, if you bought right now, so you bought, let's say you bought $500 worth and you say it's now worth 325. Well, you could buy the same amount of stuff that you bought for 500 for 325 right now. Mm. And what, and so, so you're getting a discount, but what you're really doing is you're lowering your cost basis. So let's say you bought it at 50K and now you buy the same amount at 40K. Your cost basis moves from 50K to 45K. Right. See what I'm saying? Yes, so, I do. So you're 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 lowering your cost basis, so that the next time it goes back up again, you'll have greater profit. Now you may not have the cash reserve to do that, which is ultimately why I would complain about it, right? Like, because I I don't have the extra money. As I'm watching my numbers dwindle, I'm like, well, I don't even have the money to put more into it to buy it. You know, it's it is discouraging in a sense. But you can't let emotion dictate how you move. Now, I'm not saying, like, go find money and put it in. But what I am saying... 100,000%. Haven't, I haven't also said no to it. I just have recognized that, like, I have to be smart about it. When you're afraid, you should buy. When you're comfortable, you should sell. Like, in, in the trading world. Okay. Right? Like, that's, that's what they say. Go against your emotion. Do the opposite of your emotion. You know, don't sell the red. Sell the green. Buy the red. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but again, it's all about money management. You may not have the money or, or whatnot, um, you, may, you know, to do it, but, um, uh, your initial investment, you weren't looking like, oh, how quickly can I turn around some cash? No. I mean, you were like, oh, I'm putting this money in here because in five years, were you thinking five years or what was your sort of time frame? I was thinking that if you're gonna, if you're gonna invest, you got to do it. You got to start doing it. I think okay. I, I don't have any major timeline. Um, making money would be great. I had enough money where I wasn't missing what I was putting in. You know yes. what I mean? Don't put in what you're not willing to lose. Yeah. Right. So, ult and so ultimately it was, that was like the, the reason why I was doing that. So those numbers you're looking at that down 25% means almost nothing. So don't let it... I do recognize that, yeah. You know, don't let it scare you, right? It, obviously, it scares you. You look at your balance and you're like, oh, fuck, I lost money. You totally. Know? And, you, and you, you see it when it's above. You're like, fuck, yeah, I made money. But really, you haven't done anything. You just, your money's just sitting there. And it's not until you take it out do you win or lose. Mm. Right? And so if your goal was like, no, I'm, this is money I don't need. I'm, I'm putting it in here. I'm willing to lose it. I'm not going to look at it. Uh, and I hope that over a period of time it it matures, then you have nothing to worry about right now, other than the whole market crashing and and crypto going away and you losing your money entirely. Which people uh, are uh, and suggesting that's going to happen, right? People think that that's going to happen. Well, there's d definitely a certain amount of people who don't believe in crypto. They think it's they think it's a scam. They think, you know, they have their thoughts on it. Yeah. This... Well, I guess, I mean, people think our market in general is going to crash, right? Aren't people afraid of that? Always. Yeah. You should be. Better. You should be. I see. Um, but, uh, but the whole market crashing, I mean, part of the reason, I mean, I don't know. It depends on what, where it's coming from. But I would say part of the reason why people think the market's going to crash right now is just because everything is 
strangely overvalued. Yeah. Like, like the fact that, you know, COVID came in 2020 and the whole market crashed and then it recovered so fast. And not only did it recover so fast, it like, it like it continues to hit all time highs all the time, but yet the, 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 you know, the main street economy is, is hurt. People don't have enough money. You know, people are, are in a dire place. So that's where the disconnect is. You're like, the average person doesn't have a lot of money, but the stock market keeps going up. Yeah. So how long can this last? Um, and that's why people are like, this is going to crash at some point. At some point, mm. the bottom's going to drop out. Mm. I'm not smart enough to know whether that's true or not. Um, but I, what I can say is, is if you look at the market generally over its existence, it goes up. It just continues to go up. It eventually com it comes down sometimes, and then it goes back up. So you, there may be certain companies that are going to burn off and certain industries that will become obsolete. But I, find, I personally find it hard to believe that the market is going to crash to a point where you could lose your savings or your retirement. Uh, certainly it's possible. It's always a risk. Um, but I, I think one of the reasons why it's overvalued is because people are looking to it as a safe place to uh, invest, make money, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're looking at the future here. You know, part of it is, is you know, the market isn't always about the present. A lot of times, it's about the future. It's why Tesla is so overvalued. People are betting that Tesla is going to, you know, be you know take over the the electronic uh, car industry, the home battery industry, and all the things that that they're doing that's why that's why people are putting so much money to, into it. it well and and the same thing was true with uber right uber technologies they had been operating at a loss for the last 10 years because they were invested in the idea that we would all be using driverless cars so it is that's i think that's the thing that i've learned the most is like what is the future? I think even more interestingly, too, what we were talking about at the top of this episode was um, fear-driven, for you know, love versus fear. A lot of people's reactions in the market, it's all a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. FUD. Remember, remember, do you remember what that means? Holda. Uh, uh, fear under ducks. <laughs> Yep. You don't want to get under a duck because it might shit on you. It might <laughs> shit on you. No. Uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. There it is. Yeah, there it is. I was just testing you. Fear, uncertainty, you, and, and I hope I passed. I hope I passed. You were so, you were so flying colors, my little duck. <laughs> my, your little drone duck? My little I'm not, drone? I'm not <gasps> real. circle. I'm I burp, burp, burp. <laughs> Jessica, I see her report. <laughs> Bank account Full circle. information. Yep. Oh, she's lost money on crypto. Ooh. Everyone, they, everyone knows that already. They, so, so many people have my social security. It's it's all over. Um. Well, I I feel I actually am glad I was afraid to talk about it. I'm glad we did because I feel a little bit better. So thank you. Oh, good, good. Yeah, because you don't want to have, you don't want to live in the fear place when it comes to the balance on your uh, portfolio. No, 
it doesn't serve, does it? No. No. Nick, if you had to sum up our episode today in one sentence, what would it be? 2022 is going to be banging. <laughs> okay, great. No? <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> 2022 great. is going to be banging. I-, I asked you to sum up the episode. So if that's the episode takeaway, let's... That's the takeaway that we're getting, we're getting this shit off to uh, a great start. Uh, you're in. not going to eat cheese and eggs, and I'm going to stop eating sugar someday. Um, <sighs> we're, gonna, we're going you're to meet already... our career goals. Wow. We're both going to book McDonald's commercials. I'm excited um, about that. We should pitch them an idea. <laughs> hey, I'm a vegan. Can't eat any of your food. <laughs> and he nuggets. never, he stopped eating you guys. <laughs> well, Nick, I miss this and I'm, and welcome back. Welcome back. What's your one sentence takeaway? I don't know. Uh, my one second se- sentence takeaway is, uh, Trust, trust your instincts. Great. That's it. Trust your instincts and you're going to have a bang in 2022. <laughs> All right. Great. Bye, Nick. Bye, Jess. That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already, consider becoming a Patreon member. You can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner. Go to patreon.com slash you don't know Nick. And if you haven't already, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nichols.